Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DGen Nation? Kenny Kim here, bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates co- podcast this week for the Memorial. Not with Tyler this week. Tyler didn't take the week off. We are with our usual pinch hitter, Ryan Baroff. Ryan, how are you this week? I'm good, Kenny. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, man. I always appreciate you coming on, being our being our pinch hitter when one of us is out. Usually it's me out, but Tyler's out this week. So we'll go about it just like the norm. Everything's going to be the same. Let's talk about this past week's event. Oh, first off, I have to do the Roto Grinders thing. Um, the pod is powered by Roto Grinders. Um, check out all the stuff that they do. You know, check Tyler's website. Just check Tyler's uh, a Twitter feed. They got a lot of cool stuff, a lot of great stuff with golf and all the other sports going down. Um, uh, I think if you use, man, I forget all the stuff. I'm sorry, Tyler. I fucked this up. We'll add it when we when we put it on the uh, when we put it on the uh, the Twitter box for you. Uh, but make sure you go to Ryder Grinders, check us out. We really appreciate them sponsoring our podcast and being there for us uh, this past year and hopefully for longer. All right, so let's get to this past week. Let's talk about the Colonial. Um, you know, pretty strong field, pretty decent event. I mean, it, it sort of came down to just a two-horse race uh, as it came down on Sunday. It seemed like those guys were just playing another different level. Uh, I think, uh, you know, they're the only two guys that shot better than uh, Coke Rack and Spieth. Well, they're only two that shot better than um, 10 under this past week. I think um, everyone thought Spieth was going to run away with it on Sunday, and he definitely didn't. Kokrak held his own. Um, you know, it was tough scoring conditions out there. Only a handful of people in double digits under par. Um, you know, and the course was playing probably how it usually plays. Pretty tough course. It's not one of the easier courses out there, um, even though it's, you know, not exceptionally long. Um, what Spieth... I watched some of Sunday. I didn't watch too much this past week, but when you look at it, uh, it looked like Spieth had some issues, uh, especially, you know, 
he just couldn't really make some putts. His iron game wasn't as good uh, on the final day. And of course he hit the drink on 18, which really sort of put the nail on the coffin. What'd you think of the event? Yeah. You know, Spieth, um, he played great, putted great most of the week, but you know, he, he puts a lot of pressure on himself where he drives the ball. And uh, I've played colonial. So, I mean, I, I know what those trees are like. You can get some lies in there, but I mean, those oak trees are thick and I mean, there's a lot of times where you can't hit the green, you're chipping out sideways. And I think that's what you saw. And uh, we got down to the last hole where he was down by one, put himself in a bad spot, had to get aggressive. And yeah, I mean, you saw what happened, but um, it was a, a brutal Sunday for me. Uh, just, it's just the way that, you know, it shook out with MME. I, I had locked Jordan Spieth at 150 Jordan Spieth lineups and randomly had 0% Jason Kokrak. So uh, massive swing for me on, on uh, Sunday. Yeah, I bet it was. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of Spieth. Um, I had a lot of Charlie Hoffman, uh, but no Kokrak, uh, no Kazai, no Munoz. I even had a, a good amount of Troy Merritt <laughs> up there. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah, in the top 10. I liked him last week. Talked about him last week. Had a bunch of Brian Harmon, uh, Woodland, Answer, all those guys. Uh, Morikawa also. I think I, I went Morikawa and Spieth up top. And they're just looking at mm-hmm. the uh, looking at the um, uh, the leaderboard. I think there were only two 10k guys uh, that finished inside the top 20. Um, Cascade Cornerstones once again were strong. All four made the cut. Uh, it was a crazy chalk week. I think the only only no one in double digits ownership missed the cut. Uh, I don't you don't see that that often. Uh, and <laughs> I know it's only 120 people uh, invitational type tournament. Uh, but it's still pretty rare to see. And again, we're mm-hmm. in another event this week uh, where it's the same 120. And I don't think we're going to see, well, it was almost 60% in cash, Mr. Cut. And of course, my dumbass decided to use Denny McCarthy in cash instead of uh, Vincent Whaley. And of course, Denny had like his worst putting performance like of his career. Uh, when I <laughs> used Whaley him. was like the biggest lock button of the week. Oh, I usually Whaley a bunch in GBPs, uh, but it came down to, I had about 20%. Um, you know, and which is a decent amount for me when it comes to my, you know, 60 or so lineups. And then you, I was like either Whaley or Denny, Whaley or Denny is like, you know, what, I'm, I'm going to go against the grain. I think Denny's going to, because Denny made seven of eight cuts leading up to the event. And then he, um, you know, bent grass is his best putting surface. And he's one of the best putters out there. Uh, yep. and, um, and he just shit the bed, of course, when I use it. So I, so I missed, I missed the cash by like five points, even with a five or six. Uh, using that new aggressive style of approach of cash uh, that I'm going through. I'll go over it again um, today. Uh, this week's cash, this week's cash game cornerstones. Uh, the fourth one is wild, uh, but that's the, way the, that's the way it's going to be from now on. I'm going, you know, three guys that I think I will bet outright uh, with mm-hmm. mine, two guys that I would like to bet top 20 and then one punt. So it's basically a GPP lineup where you don't take into account any ownership. What do you think of that strategy in cash? Do you play cash? Uh, well, I don't play a ton of cash, but you know, in any big single entries, I'm, I'm normally playing a cash type lineup. Um, and I like that. And I think honestly, I mean, I, I I did build a team, uh, earlier today, just, you know, my kind of placeholder single entry team. And and I think that is the build that I have. I I had a couple guys over 9,500, I think, and then one down at the bottom, which we'll get to. I, I, I think you and I are very likely going to land on the same six K I this week. So. Uh, well, I don't know, man. Mine's pretty. Mine's pretty out there. Uh, well, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see about that one. Uh, uh, it's sixty-one hundred dollars. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many people are going to go that low in cash, but that's a strategy I've been going with. It's been working. It's my cash has been better. You know, I used to be 
really, really good at cash. And then I went through a little bit of funk and I realized, I think a lot of it had to do with people getting better. Mm-hmm. DFS plays getting better. Also yep. um, the top 65 and ties. Uh, I think, I think we've sure. noticed a lot more, more popularity in golf, a lot more content out there, especially in the last two years mm-hmm. uh, where people are just getting better at doing lineups, especially when it comes to cash. Um and uh, so, so I had to make a change, and this is the change I've been going with, being more aggressive. Because you see that when it comes to cash games, you have like, I'd say, usually it's around five percent, six to six. That's been around the average, five to eight percent, six to six in cash uh, mm-hmm. for the year, uh, you know. And so with that, you know, getting five to six is not the end of the world. And so my take is to just be aggressive and go huge upside on top. Hopefully they all come through. And then, you know, if you get lucky, your punt guy makes the putt, makes the cut. That, that's the way I'm going about it. Um, any uh, type of strategy nuggets you're going to go into going into this week with only 120 in the field and top 65 and ties? Um, no, I, I guess I haven't thought too much about it. You know, what worked last week? Uh, well, I, I think it really worked the last couple of weeks is, you know, when you look at the guys at the top, you know, the, the studs who you're looking at, like they're all good plays, right? Like uh, you can say what you want about Spieth and Rom and Xander. Like, I mean, they're all good. Right. So I usually try and get contrarian there. Right. Um, so, you know, I may probably start a lot of lineups up off of Justin Thomas, you know, he, he could get popular because he is significantly underpriced, but I think that's going to be my strategy uh, in terms of how I build the team is, is, is probably a couple top guys who are lower owned, probably one punt, which you talked about, and then just really, uh, a couple of really solid plays in the eights and sevens. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. Uh, I like Justin Thomas a lot this week too. Like he's actually he's he's eight hundred dollars plus too cheap. You yeah, know, yeah, I don't care how bad he's been. He's still you know he's still uh, GT. Also, you know, Bent is best 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 uh, grass type to put on, and you know he's actually one of my cash game cornerstones. So spoiler alert, he should right be. There. Yeah, <laughs> right there. You know what I'm saying? He's one of my cash game cornerstones. Spoiler alert, right there. Before we get into this week, let's talk about you know the biggest news of the week. The whole. Uh, Bryson Kepka. Oh, nice. I'm watching the Wizards game while I'm watching this, and we're actually playing well, uh, even though we're uh, at least I'm just hoping we don't get swept. So if you hear me like yell in the middle of the podcast, uh, that's probably what's happening. But let's talk about Brooks. Let's talk about Bryson. Here's my take on this I'm a Bryson guy, I don't like Brooks. Kepka to me, I, I don't understand why so many people are on Team Brooks. Like, Okay, if to me, he's like the high school kid who was the jock sort of bully in high school who made fun of, like, the nerds, who didn't work hard. You know, he just had, like, you know, he was, uh, you know, athletic talent. Uh, so, you know, he just did his thing. You never saw him really grind it out there, and he got everything he wanted. Um, hot girlfriend, uh, you know, I, this is what what Brooks, to me, Reminds me of what Bryson reminds me of is a guy who tries too hard to be liked, sort of not in the main, not in the main group of click friends. You know, he's an outsider trying to get into the inside, you know, and of course those guys can be a little bit of annoying, you know, that's the way high school, that's that's the way it was. I don't understand why so many people like Brooks. Like think about Bryson. Let me finish here real quick. Bryson. I don't know if this is like the old Korean in me, but he's a hard worker. You know what I'm saying? He works his butt off to get to where he is. Um, you don't see Brooks going out there practicing. He's like Allen Iverson, a uh, uh, fucking golf. You know, he doesn't even, you know, he doesn't, sometimes he doesn't even give a fuck about the event. 
and he's just out there doing his thing because he has to play a certain amount of events a year. And he gets to the majors like, oh, now I got to ball out. You know, I, I, just, I, I like work ethic is there. Now, yes, Bryson can be sort of annoying. I, 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 I get that. But I, I, I don't see how so many people are on. To, what, where are you in? Where are you on this? Um, I'm kind of neutral. You know, I think the reason people like Brooks, one, he's he's won a lot of people a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> I think for one over the years with the majors, but also Phoenix this year, right. Mm-hmm. When he was just, you know, uh, 40 or 50 to one for no reason. Um, yeah. and I think, you know, he is a personality, a bully almost, but a personality that, that we haven't seen in golf very often. Right. It's, it's, it's kind of what Patrick Reed wants to be in terms of being a bully, being the villain, but Brooks wins, right. He, and he wins a lot. And I, and so I think that's part of it. Um, I don't mind Bryson. I, I think he's obviously, you know, he's nerdy. He, he, he says some weird things. His videos are very cheesy and corny and they are, and, they uh, are, they are, but, but, but he's, look, he's a great character. He's, he's extremely talented and, and he, he's changed the game. Um, he has changed the game. I mean, guys are trying to do what he's doing. He's doing things that have never been done before. So I think they're both great for it. Um, it does turn out that I think a lot of this recent beef is all, um, just promotion for their upcoming match, but you know, we got to deal with that. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if it's fake or not. I'm, I'm, I used to be a huge wrestling fan. I mean, I, it's good for the game. <laughs> don't get me fucking wrong. It's good for the game. Uh, it gets people talking and it's great. It, you know, the amount of yeah. views, like I, re- I saw one thing where it said like tigers uh, putt uh, to win the masters on PGA tour on Twitter mm-hmm. that they posted had 11 million views in the two years that um, you know, it's been up. Uh, yeah. The, the Bryson, <laughs> the Brooks video of that, of that, of that interview with, I think it was Todd Lerner um, had 9 million views in a day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, it, the, more eyeballs in the game is great. And I love that. I think it's good. I don't care if it's staged. I don't care if it's fake. I don't care. Uh, you know, I mean, like, I believe, you know what I'm saying? That's all that matters. And people, are, and there is definitely some animosity. It's not all fake. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And I know the PIP has something to do with it. Uh, the extra $40 million pot. I think it, it's hilarious. Like yeah. Jim Herman's Twitter feed is hilarious. He's, he, I think he tweeted something talking about, well, I don't have any beef with anybody, but you know, I want some of that money. So retweet and like my tweet, please. <laughs> I'm like, sure, man. Go ahead. I, it's great. Uh, I, at first I wasn't a big fan of the idea, but I think it's working out. Uh, I think it's going to, it's going to bring, I don't know if, if the heads, the, the higher ups on the PGA tour are enjoying the way it's going and what it's causing, but they sure. can't deny the success that it's had uh, to bring more eyeballs, to bring more media attention uh, mm-hmm. and stuff to the game. So I think it's great for the game. I just, I, I can't get behind Brooks. I, I, I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, the funny thing is he was sort of like me when I was in high school. And that's not a very good version of who I was when I was younger. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, sure. was sort of, I was sort of that jock who was sort of an asshole. Uh, and I look back on it and I cringe, uh, you know what I'm saying? And that's what he reminds me of. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I, that could be why, you know, and, and it could be, again, like I said, the, 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 I'm getting older the, the old Korean dad in me who I'm not bad, <laughs> but you know, hard work, work hard. You get money, hard work. You know, like my dad would say some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? That's and, right. And, 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 and that's what Bryson does, man. He puts in the fucking hours. He does what he has to do. He changes his body, changes his whole yep. game to make himself improve. Uh, and I, I, I respect that out of that. 
I respect the hell out of that. Now I can tell, and I, I, I get why people don't like him, but man, the, the love for Brooks sort of makes me a little bit angry. Uh, anything else on this topic before we move on? No, I, I mean, like what you said, it, it brings eyeballs. It, it, it gives us stuff to talk about. Uh, ultimately, like uh, these two guys are going to be here for the next 20 years uh, on every Ryder Cup team and every President's Cup team and probably battling for a lot of majors. So, Yeah, I mean, uh, the funny thing is uh, our Ryder Cup team is probably going to be so screwed. Uh, I mean, <laughs> just a, you, you have Reed, Brooks, and Bryson in there, and it's just it's, – it's, the clubhouse is just going to be a – the locker room is just going to be a shit show. I would love to be a fly in the wall uh, when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, look, I think, I mean, a lot of it is going to depend on on how Stricker rounds out the team. You know, if if, if he goes back to, I mean, just kind of throwing names out here, but if it's, you know, Webb, Cantlay, uh, Kucher types, you know, I, I think we're going to lose or struggle. But, like, I mean, you talk about, I, I mean, obviously Spieth will get a pick or he'll 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 earn his way on but like even Mickelson like I would love to have him I mean Zalatoris better be a pick Jason Kokrak is number 13 in, in the Ryder Cup rankings like that guy would mash in a Ryder Cup well, especially, uh, especially at Whistley Straits like yeah I mean like, yeah. I think he should be on the team I, I mean, think he should too I mean the guy only has to, what about what about Stewie Sink the old man with 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 only three guys with multiple wins so far this season yeah, uh, yeah. Sink, are, uh, Sink probably has has more ground to make up because Kokrak's been doing this for years, right? He yeah. just started winning, but the guy's been to the Tour Championship the last couple of years. Like he is a very, very good player. Yeah, I think something was like his first two hundred thirty three events, he had zero wins, and his last seventeen, he has two. So you know his yeah. game's on an up streak, and you know when that first win pops off, mm-hmm. uh, you know you expect like an avalanche to come through, and that's basically what is going to going. I I feel yep. it's going to happen to Tony Finau when he gets that next win. Uh, you'll see more wins. There's certain guys where you know that when they get that either first W or the next W after it's been a while, yeah. it's going to sort of careen down to more wins, more wins, more wins in the future. And I mean, Kokrak is definitely up there. Uh, the guy can hit the ball sure. far. Um, you know, his iron game is pretty decent. He can putt when he has to. Uh, yep. I mean, the, the guy uh, has been to him. I think the next guy on that list, in my opinion, is Corey Connors. I feel like he's uh, the way his game is. I feel like once he gets that next victory, the first one was sort of like a fluke, right? You would sort of think he was like a Monday mm-hmm. qualifier, right? And then I just, I think the way his game is progressing, uh, how good he's been um, getting, you know, he went from like 160th in putting to like, you know, around 100 this year. So there is some improvement. His short game's gotten a little bit better. Uh, so I think he's the next, him and Tony. Are two of the guys, and Xander, and Xander, of course. You know th- those three guys are, are the ones on the list. Where once that next win comes, it's going to be an avalanche. Yeah. It's going to be a swell. All right, so let's get to this week. No listener last league last week because DraftKings shit the bed. That happens sometimes with them. They get busy and they, they never they don't give us the link even though we ask for it. So, but Tyler talked to them. We're in this week. There will be a listener league. Make sure you check that out. Uh, it should be on the description of the pod and it will be uh, on the Twitter feed and all that good stuff. But let's get to this, this week. Uh, the PGA Tour moves to Ohio for the Memorial Tournament from Mirfield Village. Uh, like last week, 120 golfers in the field uh, with the cut still being top 65 in ties. Last week, my, like I said earlier, last week was like one of the chalkiest weeks ever. Um, almost 30% 66 in GPPs, almost 60% 66 in cash, which screwed me because I went fucking Denny over Whaley. Um, you know, I doubt we see this again this week, but I do expect the 66 numbers to be higher than a normal 156-man event. Uh, for GPPs, I probably wouldn't 
stray too much uh, with your strategy for cash. I'm sticking with uh, the way that I've been going, uh, the, the the ownership be damned aggressive method um, that I talked about <laughs> earlier on the pod. You know, three golfers, you and mine, 33 to one or under that you think you can win, top two top 20s and a punt play. Um, now, the big storyline heading into this week, other than, you know, Bryson and Brooks, even though there's no Brooks here, uh, you know, Jack Nicholas redid all uh, is, is going to be the changes to the course. Uh, Jack, you know, if you saw last year, they like started digging up the course, like after the leaders finished the front nine, they, they brought like, you know, the construction equipment out, started digging up the course, like while the golfers are playing. Um, and so, you know, Jack, uh, he redid all the grass on the fairways and greens, uh, adjusted the bunkers, changed the contours of the green added a bunch of new trees and new tee boxes were put into length in the course about hundred yards when maxed out the course lengthening fairway grass change and redoing of the bunkers aren't that big of a deal. Uh, but the work on the greens could be very important. Of course, more trees is always going to cause more trouble. Uh, now when it comes to the greens, uh, resodding of greens usually leads to firmer conditions the first few years as the new grass grows. Now, last year, the greens were crazy firm. Uh, he basically made it like, you know, a major type course last year, uh, which led to, you know, one of the more difficult scoring conditions uh, this course has ever seen. Uh, unless there is a deluge of rain, I expect to see the same tough scoring conditions this year. And I expect it to be similar to Colonial, uh, where we might see just a handful of golfers get to minus 10 or better. Um, uh, you know, another big change is the new contouring of the greens. Uh, they just basically took out all the dirt and made all new different angles, different contours, different shapes, different slopes. Um, I think this levels the playing field when it comes to course history. In my opinion, the golfers have putted well here before might not take too kindly uh, to the new greens. I think because of these changes, uh, course history can be knocked down a level when it comes to your model. Uh, now, actually getting to the meat of the course, Mirrorfield Village is a 7,550, 7,550 yard par 72 with four par threes and four par fives, most of which are reachable by in two. Uh, off the tee, golfers will see tree line fairways that are above average in width until about the 300 yard mark. Uh, after that, the fairways get a little bit more narrow. Uh, there are deep fairway bunkers and water in play on 11 holes. Uh, the water here is pretty tricky as, as creeks sometimes run alongside the entire hole and in some cases cross through the middle of the fairway. Now, with wide fairways, you think this is a driver-heavy course, but a couple of years ago, it ranked in the top, in the bottom 10 of courses on tour in driving distance. Uh, golfers must avoid the trouble that surrounds the fairways. So many tee shots, uh, you know, so on many tee shots, the driver's going to be left in the bag. But like we've seen in the past year or so, these young guys aren't afraid to pull out drivers on courses where in the past driver was rarely used. We'll see how that goes. Uh, if these fairways are missed, Thick four and a half inch rough will make the approach shots into these smaller screens very difficult, though they'd be they'd rather be in the rough than in a fairway bunker. The bogey or worst percentage here after hitting a fairway bunker is close to 60%. Uh, leaving the ball below the hole on approach is important here, as many of the greens slope from back to front. Even though the greens have been reconfigured, I expect this aspect to remain the same. Golfers that hit over the greens will have very difficult chips. If they hit it deep and the pin is in the back location, it's almost an auto bogey or worse. Uh, the softening of the course from rain can drastically change the difficulty. In 2015, the course was soft and the average daily score was under par, making Muirfield Village the 23rd most difficult course on tour that year. Uh, in 2013, conditions were dry and the course was playing fast and firm, same as in last year in 2020. Uh, you know, in 2013, uh, Mirafield Village was the sixth most difficult course on tour, and I think it was around there last year as well. 
keep an eye out on the weather forecast. If there's a lot of rain, I expect scoring to be a bit, little bit better than what I noted in the uh, introduction of this. Uh, the greens are bank grass and usually fern, depending on the weather. I expect them to play pretty damn firm with the new with the new grass on there. Once again, water and sand come into play around the putting surface, and the greens themselves are somewhat hilly, undulating, and multi-tiered. A lot of sand shots here. If golfers miss the green, there's a whole bunch of bunkers around there. Uh, I do expect these qualities to remain unchanged with the way the greens have been reconfigured. Uh, the final three-all stretch, very difficult. The long par three, two very long par fours with danger all around. Uh, since the fairways are fairly easy to hit, this course is definitely an approach shot-driven course. Finding golf with a good iron play and a good short game uh, will be key this week. Ryan, what are you looking for in golfers this week? you have any stats that you got? or What are you looking for? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. I think we have enough course history here, and and I mean, really, anybody who who has a broad DFS knowledge can just look at the names that have won here and done well here, and 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 you know what you're looking for, right? It's it's ball strikers, guys who are hitting a lot of greens. Stroke gain approach will always be the number one key here, you know, and that's how it's played out. It's how uh, Nicholas designs all of his courses as well, um, since that was his strength, you know, iron play, and and uh, a, um, he was a very good putter. Now. I do agree with a lot of what you said in terms of the course changes. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not the type of person who overreacts to course changes, <clears throat> but I think in terms of, of the small tweaks you want to make this week, um, I wouldn't say that, that I would uh, look at guys who have putted well here and say that it's going to hurt them. I just think the opposite, right? The guys who maybe have played well here ball striking wise and, and have not putted well, it's an opportunity for a clean slate, right? So just like going through the list of guys who've done really well here, but don't have good putting stats. You know, you look at a guy like Matsuyama, uh, even Morikawa, he, you know, he hasn't putted that well here. Um, well, he hasn't putted that, punt, he hasn't putted that, he, he hasn't putted that well here. Uh, when, the, when it was 13 and a half, 14 on the stamp, when it was 11 and yeah. a half uh, at the work day last year, he put it pretty well. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, just, yeah, I mean, going down Keegan. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys there who, who, have shown that they like this course, you know, they're hitting fairways, gaining a lot of strokes on approach and just not converting a lot. So um, I think there's that in terms of greens being reconfigured, I, I think maybe again, <clears throat> it, it uh, levels the playing field a bit in terms of course history, but I will still say I'm going to play a lot of the guys who have played this course well, historically. All right. That sounds good. I mean, I'm not saying eliminate course history. I just think you can knock it down a peg and I agree with your take on the putting. Uh, that, you know, more of it will come down to um, leveling the playing field, maybe a little bit more mm -hmm. than it would with in, in the past when it yes. comes to poor putters. I think that I would definitely say that. All right, let's get to these tiers for this week. Uh, in the 10K range, we have JT, by the center, sounds like both of our favorites, all the way up to Jordan Speed. How are you going about this range? I'm definitely playing Justin Thomas, <clears> but I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sort of iffy when it comes to the rest. How, how are you going about it? Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. And now, during the Tempur-Pedic Summer of Sleep, all Tempur-Pedic mattresses are on sale, with savings up to $500 on adjustable sets. Get your best sleep, all night, every night. Learn more at TempurPedic.com. Yeah, again, I mean, I think my strategy this week is is, is really going to be looking for value and and uh, ownership. Uh, I, you know, 
I guess I expect JT to become popular. He's it, it's just a gross price, you know. He's a thousand dollars too cheap. So I'm going to start uh, my single entry with him, cash with him, probably most of my lineups with him. Um, in terms of kind of next guy in, you know, it it seems like a an interesting case study with Patrick Cantlay, and I think dropping into that range from an next guy, if it's Cantlay or even Xander or even Matsuyama, I think that's the range that I'm going to fall in mostly. Um, it's just you know. It's, it's not a course where the big boys have done that well. You know, we have seen Bryson win here, oh, but wow. it's not like this is a course. Yes, but, uh, but it's not like you see like the Brooks and the DJs here consistently. JT, of course, almost won the workday version, um, but I'm not going that direction. So I will definitely be going more balanced. Um, I think giving Cantlay a shot, he, he's obviously been terrible, but finally at uh, Kiowa seemed to show some signs. His, his iron play was back. He uh, drove it really well. He just had that kind of late triple, which took him out of the top 10. Um, but again, with the course history, you may see a guy like that become very popular, which would probably lead me to Xander as, as maybe the guy who is finally uh, not going to be chalk because he's chalk every week. Oh, I mean, he missed a cut last the last time, but I'm not uh, at the PGA. People love not, Xander. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. not, I'm not stressing a miss cut there. Uh, JT is my first casting cornerstone. I did say that. I mean, he just fits the pro- profile perfectly. Iron play, short game, mm-hmm. you know, uh, good on longer par fours, um, you know, avoid, mostly a good bogey avoidance. I think that's going to be something you might want to look at. Lots of birdies. I just a lot, you know, I, lots of DK points. That's what we're doing this for. Uh, I just think that he he's a good first start for a cash game. Now, other guys in the 10K range that I'm interested in, I'm interested in Spieth. Uh, again, the driving is not quite as important here. He could be a little bit wilder. Uh, the fairways are pretty wide. Uh, the worry is if it gets too wild, you know, then it could be trouble uh, if he gets in that rough. But he's so good getting out of trouble. That's just basically his game, uh, you know. And, and so I, I think I'm going Spieth, and I think I might go Rory. Uh, at that price, I think Interesting. he's a little, I think at that price, I think he's just a little cheap as well. Uh, what do you think about Rory this week? I guess I, I, I hadn't considered him uh, much. He just doesn't seem to be all there. Even when he won at Quail Hollow, right? He, he putted the lights out, right? It was not like he had a great ball striking week. Uh, so I'm not quite there on, on Rory. Um, even though he's a little bit overpriced, you know, I still think Morikawa makes a lot of sense. You know, he obviously won at this course, played well again last week at uh, Colonial, just had, you know, a couple of bad stretches of holes, but um I just think I'm going to trust the history here and trust the model of player and, and, and the type of player that we're looking for. And it's definitely more Morikawa and less Rory. Yeah. It was coming between Rory and Mag- Rory uh, and Morikawa for me too. Morikawa fits the bill better uh, stat wise. Definitely. There's no doubt about that mm-hmm. in my mind. Um, we'll just see where Rory ends up. I mean, if you get Rory at like 11%, Mm-hmm. And more cows like 16, 17, 18. It might be worth it. We'll have to see. Play the ownership game. I, but I think I'm, I'm definitely playing JT as my cash. And I think I'm playing mm-hmm. Jordan. Uh, and we'll see even if I play a third. I might not even play a third. Because the thing about it is, you know, when it comes to cash, I always, I'm always light. I'll probably only play 20% JT and GPPs. That'll still be, he'll still be involved in like 55, 60% of my bankroll. So, uh, you know, when it comes to cash also. So, that's how I'm going to go about it. Now, in this next range, my second cash game cornerstone is Xander Shoffley. Uh, again, another guy who fits the mold, uh, decent around the greens, good on long par fours, 
uh, you know, the type of golf that I like uh, on this course. So I, I like him as my second cash game cornerstone. My third cash game cornerstone. So I'm going really top heavy once again. So I have to go real low for my for my final cash game cornerstone because I'm having three guys over ninety three hundred dollars uh, in cash, and I'm going Corey Connors. Um, the iron game is there. Um, par four scoring really, really solid. And if you look at the numbers here, uh, a lot of the winners, they do exceptionally well on the par fours here. Um, uh, around the green has been getting better. And I took this from uh, Pat Mayo's article this past week. The one thing about him is, you know, from the, from the bunker around the green, he's actually pretty decent. Uh, and I, a lot of your missed shots around the green are going to be from the bunker. And he has pretty good mm-hmm. bunker play. Uh, so I like Corey as my third cash game cornerstone. Um, I like Hideki a lot this week. Um, I like his number. I think it was like, I don't know, was it like 30 to one or something? I wrote it down. Where are we? Uh, 30 to one. I like, I like that number. I mean, you know, he's won a Firestone, another Ohio course. Uh, you know, he's coming, you know, he had that week. He was actually, you know, in it for a little bit um, when he played the last time he was out. Um, I forget what event it was. Let me think. It was a PGA. He was right there. After, he, was, he was right there until 36 until, holes. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like, you know, he still gained what 10.3 strokes t to green <laughs> you know and the guy oh, is great yeah and the guy's sneakily yeah. one of the better one of the best around the green on tour um so i like hideki a lot i think i'm gonna be playing a lot of him in gpps we'll see how popular uh he gets this week but I, that's gonna be my core i might throw a little bit of hovland in there again a little bit worried about his around the green game play around the green play but we'll, we'll see so if i'm going to play all these guys i might just go speed and jt and then go <laughs> to a lot of these 9k guys because these 9k guys just a lot of them make a lot of sense to me especially when cory connor's all the way up um yeah oh any other guys in the 9k range interesting no you know i i, I agree with a lot of that i i mean i will say i think i, I mean i play cory connor's more than anybody i i play him you know every week way overweight um, I don't hate him here, but again, like I am definitely worried about the short game because this is the type of course where even good ball strikers are going to miss greens. Yeah. And I definitely, you know, have some concerns about that. He's lost strokes around the green and putting each of the last four events. Um, he's still been doing okay, right? He's a top 20 machine, but I, th- I definitely have some concerns there. Um, on top of that, I absolutely love Hideki as well. So I'm going to have more Hideki than Corey Connors. And then there's Cantlay, right? Because you know, I thought it was going to be a week where he could fly a little bit under the radar, but I think the Kiowa ball striking fact that he's won here and pretty much has the best course history here, you know, I think it's going to be popular, but I think I still want to be overweight on Cantlay. So it's, it's really just going to leave me with a ton of Cantlay, a ton of Matsuyama, a ton of JT, and then, you know, probably, it's probably about it for me. All right. That sounds good. Let's move to this 8K range. Not really in love uh, with this range. I showed it. Who do you like in this range? Go ahead. Yeah, not much. There's one guy um, who I absolutely love, and uh, he's he's probably one of your favorites, Neiman. Uh, he makes a lot of sense here, and I think just the way that I think where he's priced, the fact that he wasn't great last week. I mean, I mean he wasn't bad. He just wasn't great. I think Neiman's going to fly a little bit under the radar. I think everyone's going to want to jam, like you said, multiple guys over 9K, and they're really just going to drop down to the sevens. So he is the one that I definitely have my eye on, uh, but I think the I think the big decision point is going to be Charlie Hoffman, right? Um, I've been riding him for months. Um, probably going to be one of those situations where I bet him and then fade him uh, because he does not have a great course history here. 
but the ball striking has just been off the charts. So good. So and, I good. Mean, he scores so much that like for, for 8,300, like you really only need him to be around the top 10. Like he could finish 12th or 15th and score enough points that it's really all you need. Yeah. I mean, I think I can't get off Hoffman and I do like the bet. I got him at 55 to one. So I'm definitely betting him as well. Um, I like Charlie. I like, I, I like Neiman. Um, um, those are probably the two of my favorites. Uh, if I'm going to play others, I'll look at that mid range that Lowry, Ooston, Cam Smith, and maybe pick one of those three. Lowry's been playing pretty well um, mm-hmm. uh, overall, and I like him. And then uh, Cam is just, you know, so good around the greens, and he's sort of sneaky uh, out there when it comes to the amount of birdies he makes and DK points mm-hmm. he has. Uh, so, so yeah, I'll say one more for, for, uh, GPPs. I think Fitzpatrick is finally priced at a point where nobody's going to play him. Uh, he's usually 8k 8,100 and, you know, he can range anywhere from, from eight to 18%. Um, I think he will undoubtedly be, you know, under 6% probably this week. And, uh, if it's playing tough and if there's any weather or wind or anything like that, like, I think that is a, a, a GPP winning play. Yeah, I mean, he finished third here last year, I think, right? So, I mean, the guy... Yeah, at the, at the workday one, though, I think, right? Was was it, that... I don't know. Hold on, let me look. Uh, no, I think you might be right. Yeah. But, no, yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely gonna... played okay here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's um, And I think good. he's finally and, priced somewhere where he's not going to be popular at all. Yeah, and I sort of... The, the more you're talking about that, I sort of like it even more just because... Uh, you know, last year was so tough conditions. I mean, mm-hmm. the greens were so firm and the GR was so low. Uh, and I think we might be seeing that again this year with the new greens resodding. Uh, we'll see how windy it gets. But I, I just have a feeling that Jack, the reason why he made these changes was to make the course more difficult, mm-hmm. uh, to make the course uh, sort of like a major worthy type of an event. And I, I don't think we're going to see like, I think we've seen like 19 under here before, yeah, uh, 16 under. I don't think we're going to see those again at this course anymore. Um, unless someone just goes off or unless, you know, there's a daily rain and it's incredibly soft. Sure. Um, I, I think if it plays firm, if it plays fast. Yeah. I think, I think um, Fitzpatrick makes a lot of sense. I think I'm going to add mm-hmm. him to the pool. So I like that. Uh, I'm going to play Keegan too at the low AK. Oh, yeah. I'm playing of Keegan course. down there. I'm playing Keegan down there at the AK range. The ball striking is just too good. Well, like we talked about earlier before when it comes to putting, hopefully it evens out uh, because everyone's putting on these greens for basically the first time. Um, so, yeah, you I mean, you got to play uh, a, a dose of Fowler there at the same price then, you know, <laughs> he's sort of, he's been coming up. The, the, the swing. I mean, I've been overweight on him every week for the last month and he's like gotten a little bit better and then he got yeah. worse and he got all right. I mean, He's done enough. And I like the enough. swing change back to his old swing. Uh, I think yeah, that was well, just look, smart. I mean, you look at the stats, right? And it's, it's, and it sounds cliche. It is just a matter of putting it all together, right? Like he had um, at the PGA, very good irons. Byron Nelson, Wells Fargo, Valero, um, very good off the tee, pretty solid short games. He just hasn't quite put it all together yet. Uh, and I think, you know, he's coming to a course where he has had some success and, um, small field right he's very likely to make the cut and have a chance over the weekend so uh i th- i think you could play 10 percent and probably be overweight so yeah i agree all right let's get to the 7k range not too big on a lot of these guys i mean leeson makes sense on difficult long courses mm-hmm. um i think I, I i the way streelman's been playing yeah. uh, i think you have to have a little taste of him uh the guy's just been playing so well out there i think same with Stuart sink uh, you know, I think I, I don't know what he's done. Uh, yeah, 
could get the, I mean, he's gained 15 yards on his drive uh, in the past year. And the guy's bombing it out there. Pretty accurate. Uh, the guys have been playing incredible golf. Uh, Bazin who is another guy that interests me who played well at the PGA, uh, mm-hmm. another tough type course. Uh, you see him in some of these events uh, doing pretty damn well. Uh, like WGCs and stuff like that. So, so I like him in that range. Who do you like in this upper 7K range? Yeah, I, I think there's actually a lot that I like here. Um, I see the merit for Leishman. Uh, I'm just not a Leishman guy. And I think, you know, when he seems like he's a good play, he becomes trendy and popular. And then I, I don't want to play him anyways. Um, I'm going to be very heavy on Adam Scott and Gary Woodland, I think, at the top of the room. Adam Scott's intriguing. But he's been playing so poorly. Yeah, uh, but again, like he's, I think there have been flashes of it. And look, I mean, it's a guy who's going to be four percent owned, right? Yeah. So you can get overweight pretty easily. Uh, Woodland has has been consistently trending better. I was off of him last week strictly because they bumped him up to like ninety two hundred, and now yeah. he's down in the sevens again. Um, yeah. so yeah, I'm going to be very heavy on, on those two. Um, it feels gross, but I'm, I'm just going to plug my nose and play Rio again. Uh, hate playing Rio, but I, I, I just think he's, he's cheap and he has been exceptional ball striking, making every cut, um, scoring all of that. Saved my life two weeks ago when he made that punt on 18 of the PGA. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And make the cut there. Yeah, um, yeah. Streelman. Yeah. Streelman makes a lot of sense. I mean, really, uh, the low sevens, I don't have a ton of interest in, so I'm going to play these guys up there. Um, so, yeah, Scott, Woodland, Grio, Streelman, and then I'm going to play some Schwartzel as well. Um, he falls in that bucket of, of one, you know, he burned everybody at the PGA when he was finally popular. And, you know, I am willing to, to overlook one missed cut in a major because he's been playing really well for four, five, six weeks. And he also is one of those guys that has played this course well, uh, Tita green and has struggled on the green. So maybe these new green complexes, you know, he can put out those bad memories and actually put half decently. Yeah. I can get behind that uh, in the lower seven K range. Again, I'm not the biggest fan. We saw some glimpses of seaweed, Doug, Doug Gim. It just depends mm-hmm. on the putting form. I mean, this long irons are pretty damn good uh, from 175 to 200. He, I think he's second in this field uh, in the last 50 rounds. His iron play is just exceptional. Yeah. Um, I, I think that could be worth, a, a look, but then, you know, he can lose 18 strokes putting and mm-hmm. miss the cut by 12. Uh, that's the thing about <laughs> that's the thing. That's the risk you're going to take when you play Doug Gim. But when, when the ball striker, he's one of he's like, he's sort of getting to the, the point where he's like a Keegan or mm-hmm. a, um, you know, other guys who are just so bad at putting, uh, but ball striking, they're so good. Uh, and he's, he's in, he's getting to that range. And then if he ever puts just a little bit below average, you know, average would be yeah. great. It would be unbelievable. He'd probably win if he puts average. Uh, but if he just puts a little bit below average, he can top 20 this thing, you know? Um, uh, and so I'm in on him. But, yeah, not a lot of guys I love down here. Maybe Harold Varner. Um, yeah, yeah, we got to keep playing Varner. I mean, yeah. he uh, he definitely showed something uh, last week, you know, made a great a great comeback on, on Friday after a bad Thursday. And he kind of spun his wheels over the weekend, but he made a lot of birdies. Um, and I think, you know, how this course should be set up, I, I do think it, it suits him pretty well. Uh, I think both him and Gooch, you know, we've been playing them a ton this year. I, do like I, think, I think those two guys, like, if they're here at this price range, I, I think just play them if it's a little bit overweight or kind of matching the field. And, like, they're not going to kill you, but they're not going to win you anything either. Yeah, again, H3 sneaky good around the greens, too. 
Uh, not really known for his ground and green play, but he's pretty damn good uh, around the green. So uh, I can get behind HV3. Uh, let's get down to the 6K range. Uh, who's the players you were talking about? <laughs> well, I think we're on the same 6,100, but um, I was going to Benny on, you know, on seems to be climbing back, obviously firmly in your Korean brand. Yeah. Uh, it, and I mean, this is by far his best course on tour. Um, I think he's going to make the cut. So for 6,400, how much more do you need than that? And he obviously has the upside, but there are, I mean, I assume you were talking about Kyle Stanley, right? At, at, at 6,100. No, I'm going Russell Knox. Ah, he, well, you should play Stanley instead. Oh, you think? You think? Maybe. He's just a better version of Knox at this point. Yeah, you know, Stanley's I know. been, yeah, Stanley's been really solid, and and I think he's been much better here than Knox, but I could be wrong. There. I think Knox has made six of his last eight cuts here. I think in the top twenty, uh, Stanley. Let me take a look here. Give me one second. Go ahead and talk about who else you like. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, I guess just go look at the Stanley recent ball striking. But um, yeah, I mean, on for sure. Uh, we talked about him last week, but I'm going to still play Jason Duffner. It's, it's again, it, it's uh, coming back to a course where he's had a lot of success. You don't need to be long. He's still not showing the upside, which again is, you know, you're kind of used to that with Duffner. But if he's making the cut for 6,200, there's really not much more that you need than that. Um, I'm going back to Troy Merritt, and I know yep. you are as well. Yep. yep. He's been really solid, came through last week. Um, let me score through here, see if there's anybody else. I think that was basically it. Like those are the guys that I was actually excited about playing. Um, I will play. Um, I will play Danny Lee again. So again, going back to uh, kind of your brand, the Asian brand. Uh, yeah. I played him last week mostly because he had made a couple of cuts and and had really good course history at uh, Colonial. Uh, I also like Danny Lee on 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 challenging golf courses. So if this is a tough setup, um, you know, I think I will play some Danny Lee again. Okay, you, you talked me into. Um... Kyle Stanley. And the reason I was thinking about Russell Knox is because, you know, he's gained strokes with his approach in his last eight events. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ball striking is always there, but you're right. Uh, I'm going to switch. I don't switch that often, uh, but, you, but you, I'm glad you went first because I'm the same switching. price. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah the same, price. same price. So I'm switching, I'm switching to Kyle Stanley as my final cash game cornerstone. I think uh, you talked me into it, especially after I just took a peek at his uh, recent ball striking where he's gained like, 14 oh, strokes of this oh, it's been, it's been ridiculous <laughs> yeah it's, yeah. it's yeah, crazy i may I, get I, there too like yeah, my I first yeah. build yeah i think my first build was with benny on but if i want to upgrade you know 300 somewhere which i probably do then i i will very likely drop to stanley in, in 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 cash and then you and i will probably have about the same team there you go my my cash game cornerstones this week are going to be justin thomas at ten thousand two hundred. um xander shoffle at what was his price 97. Xander Shoffley at 97. Corey Connors at 93. And Kyle Stanley at 6,100. Thank you for that, Mr. Baroff. Uh, uh, you know, the thing about this game, you got you to learn from people that are better than you. And Baroff's a better player than me. So I'm going I'm going with that. I'm going to ride that down. Other guys I do like in the 6K. Again, I like Russell Knox. So I'm going to play him at that price. Yeah, play some for sure. I'm going I'm to play Russell Knox at that price. I like Merritt, uh, like you talked about. Um, we got to do the Rick Gaiman rule. Uh, Lanto's under 60 uh, in the 6K range. So yeah, auto click uh, right there. I'll play a little bit of him. Wyndham Clark, who went bogey free on the weekend at Colonial. Um, that's yeah, good. that's yeah, that pretty was strong. fucking impressive, dude. To go bogey free at that course uh, over the weekend is really, really, really strong. 
really good around the greens, really good at avoiding bogeys. Iron play, mm-hmm. of course, not his strong suit, uh, but maybe he can get lucky one week. And at that price, <laughs> you could take a little bit of a flyer, uh, I think. So I, I like Wyndham yeah. Clark down there. Brendan Steele, uh, another guy who comes down to it. Um, his ball striking hasn't been the best, uh, but you've seen some glimpses. glimpses. Now, mm-hmm. you, 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 you play more Euro than me. Tell me about Antoine mm-hmm. Rosner. Uh, is this guy any good or what's the deal with he's, this guy? He's so good. He, I mean, he is probably the best ball striker on the European tour. Um, so he's with a play, the, then, what you're saying. Uh, both irons and off the tee. Uh, yeah, you know, and if you look back, I mean, he missed the cut at the PGA. Uh, he gained almost eight shots approach. So wow. it's not like he can't play. And, I mean, that is against the strongest field in golf. You know, he just – he screwed up the short game. And then even if you go back – Prior to that, the Byron Nelson, where he missed the cut, um, he shot five under for two rounds, right? That was when the cut was minus six. So are you going to hold that against him? He shouldn't minus five against the PGA Tour field and missing the cut on the number? Probably not. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rosner's just in, in, you know, just an elite ball striker. Um, so yeah, he's definitely in, in, in play for some GPP action here. All right. That sounds good. Uh, anybody yeah. else you want to talk about before we move on? No, I mean, I guess, again, if you're just looking at, at, at ball strikers, just really low on people, um, uh, one of our, our old reliables popped up last week, Henrik Norlander. Um, and I do believe looking back, maybe it was the work day, but he played really well and contended last summer. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the one more call one. So I um, oh, actually no, I think it was both. He played uh, back to back weeks really well, work day and then the memorial. So um, he finally made a cut at Schwab. Lost five strokes off the tee, but gained four approach. So, I mean, that's kind of what we expect out of him. And he's down here low enough that, you know, I'll definitely have him in in my GPP pool for sure. All right. That sounds good. Let's move on to bets. Who, yep. who, you, got, who you got so far on your card? Yeah. So, I think, again, I, I, I skipped the top for now. Um, I just wasn't in love with anything. Uh, I did bet Charlie Hoffman, like I said. So, it, it may just be you know, you fire 55 to one and either go underweight or just you fade completely in, in all the big stuff this week, uh, because he should be popular. Um, I bet Gary Woodland at 66. I bet Grio at 75. And then I bet Schwartzel at 175. All right. So I got, I only got, th- I only got three right now. Uh, I got Connors at 26.5 to one, 26 and a half to one. I got Decky at 30 to one. And I got Hoffman at 55 to one. I'm going to add probably one up top and one below uh, on my final card when it comes out on Wednesday. Uh, one and done. Yeah, that's a tough one. I've, I've used most of these guys and I've gotten trashed. I, I got a miscut from Rom. I got uh, JT at the Masters, just some bad stuff going on. Um, trying to think i've used cantlay i've used xander i've used hovland um i used morikawa last week shoot um nice, uh, nice little top 10 backdoor yeah you know what i don't think i've used hideki so i i will probably use him this week yeah i'm using hideki it's the one guy that i haven't used as well yeah i'm probably gonna play hideki um so have i used cantlay yet Maybe Cantley. I haven't used Cantley yet. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I, I, mean, I used him in, very early. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in two. So maybe Cantley and Decky. I don't think I've used in either one. Uh, so I might go with, uh, with one of each in each. All right. Uh, why don't uh, I'll, I'll go first. You can find me at Kendo VT 
on Twitter. You can also find me on gupscorner.com. My article is, should be out already for the course preview, uh, stats to look for, some trends. I talk about you know all the different nuances of the new renovations. Uh, I'll have my cash game cornerstones, my favorite DFS plays in each price range, and my final betting card on Wednesday. So make sure you check out gupscorner.com. Ryan, why don't you tell us where they can find you? Sure. Yeah, we'll do. And I just noticed I did not use Morikawa, so he is now my official one and done. Uh, I will take him. But yes, uh, Twitter, our bear off 427 Golflandia podcast with Matthew Wiley, which we will record tomorrow night. Um, and uh, yeah, the DMs are always open. So. All right, yeah, since we didn't have a uh, listen to league last week, we'll do a three man with you, me and Tambo. We'll, we'll do we'll do the, uh, the, 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 the host only three man. This oh, maybe battle. I'll change my team because you're ba- going to steal ba- Kyle Stanley battle for it. all. I am stealing <laughs> Kyle Stanley. Go, go Russell Knox or Benny on. There you go. You'll be fine. Yeah. I'll play them both. Um, there you go. Oh, wow. It's going to be superstars and scrubs. <laughs> if you do that, which might be a good play. We'll see how it goes. Pick get like four guys in the 9K range Let's and then go, yeah. then go, then go uh, on Stanley. On Stanley to finish it off. I mean, that's not the worst thing I've ever heard. Or if you want to go balls, knock Stanley. It's 26100 guys down there. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Only 50 people are getting cut. All right, Ryan, really thank you for being on again. Thanks for being our pinch hitter. We really appreciate you having uh, coming on whenever one of us can't make it. I'm sure one week I got a new job coming that I'm going to be stressed about, so I'm sure you'll have to take my place here sometime soon. So really appreciate you coming on. Uh, and did you already uh, – you talked about everything, about the, the podcast and all that. I'm, I'm watching this basketball game, and we're winning by eight, so I didn't really pay attention to what you said. So- <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, no, we're good. Yeah, okay. uh, Wizards look all right. Um, They're looking all right. They're looking – we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, they're always heart attack city. Uh, you know, it comes down to at least during the regular season, I think 20, the last 20 games, like – like 15 of them came down to the last possession or something like that. It's just insane yeah. uh, the way these guys play, but it's a fun to watch. Uh, I think I'm actually, my boss might be getting um, uh, season tickets next year for the, for, for, for the company. So oh, that, nice. that, that would be fun. So we'll, I'll get, get to go to a couple of these games next year. And, and when, you know, we actually have a full crowd and like life is returning to normal. Uh, sure. But once again, appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's going to be a fun week, man. We have a, we have a ma- I wouldn't say a major type field, but a very, very strong field. Should be a fun watch on a classic course. Let's win some motherfucking money. DGen Nation. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.